Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our Free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 10, verses 1 through 20, called Lessons and Locusts. Exodus 10.1 opens this way. Then the Lord said to Moses, Exodus 10.1, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may perform these signs of mine among them. All of the plagues will be accomplished. Now the locusts are the eighth plague. This is the second longest treatment of a plague outside of the final one, the death of the firstborn and the going out. This, uh, the location is most likely in the court of Pharaoh, not at the Nile, which we've seen a few happen. And you'll notice that God opens by telling Moses, go to Pharaoh, I have hardened his heart and, notice, the heart of his servants. If you pick up uh, chapter 9 and just look at the few final verses, we ended this way last time. When Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, Exodus 9.34, he sinned again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, 35, and he did not let the sons of Israel go just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. I want you to know, for those of you who are wrestling with the issues of the sovereignty of God and the free will of man, that there is a direct relationship between Pharaoh's sinning and the hardening of his heart. So that we would argue that the hardening of the heart is sin. And God does not cause people to sin. So we know that sin by, by very definition is volitional, amen? That is, if you sin, if you transgress, even if you miss the mark, it's on you. Therefore, the hardening of the heart is both the free will of Pharaoh and his servants... And then God hardens his heart as well. These are both true. There is the free will of Pharaoh and the sovereignty of God. And I know that makes some of your uh, heads hurt a little bit because you're like, how do you figure that out? And someone once said that free will and sovereignty are two truths taught in the Bible. Uh, They both go up like pillars into the sky and somewhere God puts the roof on it. And I'm not terribly worried about how he puts the roof on it, because I see the Bible teaching both. And I will tell you that we have people in our congregation who may lean more towards Calvinism and others who may not. And this is something worthy of debate, but never should it be an issue of division. And if people get militant about pet doctrines and lose sight of the bigger mission of us as God's people. We have lost our way. Whether it's in the realm of Calvinism and Arminianism, whether it's in the realm of spiritual gifts or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I've watched this for the last 30 years. And I can debate eschatology with friends of mine. I can debate soteriology. And at the end of the day, we are still brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen? And if we allow the enemy to get a foothold in these areas that really ultimately we would say 
Of course, the essentials, we got to die on that hill. But in non-essential areas, we got to give charity. Charity. That's a word we got to get back. Because there's enough division going on in the church without this other uh, issue becoming a problem. And so, no doubt, Pharaoh sinned. His servants sinned. You might want to just note Exodus 9, 34, 35 I took you to Romans 1 in a previous message and told you that there is something to consider here with Pharaoh where God gave them over three times from uh, Romans 1, 24, all the way to verse 32. God gave them over three times. Whatever you think the initiator is and all of that, I'll let you wrestle with it. But Pharaoh sinned, his servants sinned. Certainly his heart should have been soft to God by now, but uh, it was not. And so God says, I'm going to do all of my signs. I'm going to do them for my glory. I'm going to do them. You can check out 916. Just go back for a moment and we'll kind of close the book as we uh, move forward. But indeed, 916, for this cause, I have allowed you, Pharaoh, to remain in order to show you my power and in order to proclaim my name through all the earth. Still, you exalt yourself against my people by not letting them go. I'm going to show my glory, if you will, and evangelistic purposes for all the plagues that my name, who I am, might be proclaimed throughout all the earth. This is some of what's behind God's uh, doing all these 10 plagues there in Egypt. And so he says, I want you to go. Go to Pharaoh. I've hardened his heart, the heart of the servants, 10, 1, that I may perform these signs of mine among them. And that you may tell, there's not only an evangelistic purpose for the world, but it's also for Israel and generations to come. Verse 2, Exodus 10, that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your grandson, and you can also add your daughter and granddaughter, how I made a mockery, literally I made sport of, humiliated the Egyptians, and how I performed my signs among them, Notice that you may know that I am the Lord. Now, there was a Gentile reason, if you will, a worldwide uh, evangelistic purpose. Other people groups would hear of the God of Israel and how he did these mighty works and uh, parted the Red Sea and so forth, brought the locusts, the hail and so forth. And people would hear about the name of God because God so loved the world, not just Israel, the world that he gave his only begotten son. So this would go out to the world, but it also was specifically designed, says God, that you might pass to generations to come the glory of God, that you might tell your son, your grandson, however many generations you are blessed to be able to see and interact with the glory of God. The first generation of delivered Hebrews are to narrate this incredible event says one writer, to their children and grandchildren, and hence induct them into the world of wonder to recruit the next generation of Israelites into the daring scenario of courage and confidence, passion and faith, because they would have to go conquer the promised land. If for no other reason, this reason enough is why Moses cannot agree with Pharaoh's later ploy that the Israelites leave their children behind. How does one tell the old story to the next generation? If there is no next generation to who it can be told, close quote. We ain't leaving anybody behind. Our kids are going with this. 
The women are going with us. The kids are going with us. The flocks are going with us. Everybody's going. We're not leaving one person behind in Egypt, Pharaoh. No, no, no. And I don't have to tell you that the generation that is coming up right now has been bombarded at breakneck speed with worldviews that are overwhelming. So that if you don't have a spiritual barometer or a foundation by which to measure things, you will not know what to believe. In fact, the, one of the biggest things right now is that you can't even know truth. That's what's going on right now. And our educational system, with all the weird things that it's imbibing to younger and younger ages, frighten me. I can't believe the things that I see, but they're happening. And the good news is that parents are stepping up. Some of you have seen this in school board meetings and the like and said, no, no, you're not going to teach this to my children. One of the things that came out during the COVID time was the kids were on Zoom and uh, teachers were requesting that the parents not listen into the lessons. Say what? Why would you have an issue having the parent hear what you're teaching the child. This is, this is where we are. And the educational system of our world is certainly drowning in so many different ways of political correctness and the like. I could go on and on. But it is up to us, brethren. And you're going to have to pray through, if you have younger children or, or grandchildren, how you're going to handle the education of your children. But the core bedrock, though it is mocked and dismissed by many in our culture, is this. You are to tell your children of the glory of God. You're to do that. The youth group is simply supplemental. Now, there are some kids that obviously don't have believing parents. And by God's grace, sometimes they end up at a church brought by a friend or so forth. And that's all wonderful. But if you have a crack at it, then you tell your children the most important thing that you can give them, that there's a God, that he made them in his image, that there's somewhere, there's a purpose for their life and somewhere they're going, that there's hope and the tears and the death will be no more. How could we bunt on that one? How could we leave it up to somebody else when we hold this treasure, we're to guard it and give it away, Amen boy, we need to be stirred. I want you to tell the story of what happened here. Just flip over a few pages to Exodus 13. We'll deal with this in some depth as we move forward. But the Lord spoke 13.1 to Moses saying, sanctify, Exodus 13.2, to me every firstborn, the first of, uh, offspring of every womb among the sons of Israel, both man and beast, it belongs to me. And Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you went out from Egypt, from the house of slavery, for by a powerful hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. Nothing leavened shall be eaten. And then skip down to verse 13 of Exodus 13. It says these words, but every first offspring of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. But if you do not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this? Why do you live this way? Why do you do what you do? Then you shall say to him, with a powerful hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. 
from the house of slavery. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hello, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. You know, since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on seven radio stations, one in Southern California, one in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The country where we have the second most listeners is India. Fewer than 3% of the population are Christians there. The hope of the gospel is getting around. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth by giving at least $5 a month and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness, and also contributing to the joy in learning God's Word and feeling Him close. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support has grown to nearly 35%, and we are praying for more listeners to become part of the Walk in Truth team. Can you become a Walk in Truth partner, or can you give a one-time tax-deductible Christmas gift today? Please help us reach 50% listener support before the year ends. Call 844-48-TRUTH to give or visit walkintruth.com. That's 844-488-7884. 844-488-7884. One more time, 844-488-7884 or visit walkintruth.com. And Merry Christmas. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Boy, we need to be stirred. I want you to tell the story of what happened here. Just flip over a few pages to Exodus 13. We'll deal with this in some depth as we move forward, but... The Lord spoke 13.1 to Moses saying, sanctify, Exodus 13.2, to me every firstborn, the first of uh, offspring of every womb among the sons of Israel, both man and beast, it belongs to me. And Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you went out from Egypt, from the house of slavery, for by a powerful hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. Nothing leavened shall be eaten. And then skip down to verse 13 of Exodus 13. It says these words, But every first offspring of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. But if you do not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this? Why do you live this way? Why do you do what you do? Then you shall say to him, With a powerful hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. From the house of slavery. And it came about when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord 
the males, the first offspring of every womb that is having to do with the animals here, but every firstborn of my sons I redeem. And so it shall serve as a sign on your hand and as your phylacteries on your forehead, for with a powerful hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. Tell your son, this is why I do what I do. This is why we go to church. This is why I give of my first fruits to the kingdom of God. Because I was once a slave. And you know what? For me, that's exactly my story. I was a slave to my sin. I was in bondage. I thought I was free to do whatever I wanted to do. And in my early 20s, the Lord got a hold of me by his grace, radically saved me and my beautiful bride, set our feet upon solid ground, lifted us up out of the miry clay. And by God's grace, our kids were young. Shane was very young when I became a Christian, when I got serious about my faith. I really mark the time with the birth of Shane in the sense that that's when I got serious about the Lord or by his grace, that's, where, that's when he called me. And so my kids grew up in a Christian home and it wasn't always perfect. It was bumpy. And when we were newer Christians, we didn't know what we were doing. We were trying to figure it out. We were trying to figure out what God said about different areas of life and how do we do this and what should our life look like? But one thing Brenda and I knew, we were slaves and God delivered us with a mighty hand. And so I will tell every generation while there's breath in my lungs unashamedly that this is the one I follow. This is the one on whom I have built my life. And that's what we got to do, brethren. And and I don't think it's that complicated, actually, because when it is the core of who you are, you don't have to force it. They'll know. You don't have to put on a show. They'll know. It's not about a Sunday show. This is who we are. Yesterday, I, I had a chance to do yard work at my house, and it's not always fun. But I put on worship, and all day long I was worshiping and working. This is who I am. You ever notice you, you, you can put on worship music, and then if you switch the station to maybe some, for me it'd be some, I can't believe it, but K-Earth is playing songs that I still think are contemporary. Can I get a witness? Some of you who are my age. Songs from the 80s and 90s, and I'm like, what do you mean? Isn't that right now? Oh, no, it's not. That was 30 and 40 years ago. Am I in a time warp? No, maybe in denial, which is simply in a river in Egypt. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 4, write it down. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, or the fear and discipline of the Lord. Now, we love, sometimes we love to focus on the last part. Kids, line up! (laughs) I'm going to teach you about the fear and discipline of the Lord. But it also says, don't provoke your children to anger. Amen? Yeah, okay. I think you guys are out there. We got to find a way. 1 Peter 3.15, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always being ready to give a defense, an answer, a reason for the hope that you have. 
yet do it with gentleness and respect, here's the implication that my life would actually beg the question. Amen? That someone would watch me live and say, why is it that you live that way? Why do you talk that way? Why don't you curse like everybody else does? Why don't you do this like everybody else does? And it shouldn't just be the why don't I do. It should be also why I do what I do. Why do you love that way? Why would you sacrifice that way? Why would you do what you do? Why do you read that Bible, etc., etc.? You can fill in the blanks. Tell the story. It's the most important thing you can do. And Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, verse 3, and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews. How long? There's almost an implication of astonishment from Moses. Moses has to be watching Pharaoh and thinking, How long is this guy going to do this? How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Notice the issue with Pharaoh is pride. Let my people go that they may serve me. It's either humility or humiliation, Pharaoh. How long are you going to continue to resist and fight? been listening to Lessons and Locusts, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 10, 1 through 20. Hey, we just wanted to say that we are very grateful for all our Walk in Truth partners. It's thanks to you and our church that this mission has grown to serve people in over seven radio markets across the U.S., and it's listened to in over 26 countries on podcast. We've always tried to reach more people with the truth of the Bible and help people see how it does still apply to everyday life. Furthermore, to demonstrate how God does love the world. During this Christmas season, are you able to help us continue this mission? As you may know, we are a listener-supported ministry, and we could use your help. Would you consider adding Walk in Truth to your Christmas list? We would appreciate a one-time gift of whatever you can give. But, of course, you becoming a Walk in Truth partner, giving at least $5, 10 or $20 a month, would go a long way, too. If this program is added to your day-to-day study of the Word of God, please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com and click donate. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, sometimes people wonder as they see God hardening Pharaoh's heart, was Pharaoh simply a puppet that God was controlling, hardening him, etc.? You know, and these are, these are some uh, debatable matters, you could say. When you look at Romans chapter 9 and you kind of take the flyover, You have to really see that it's about two nations. Pharaoh is the head of a nation. Moses is the head of a nation as well. And God is judging the Pharaoh and Egypt. And part of that judgment is his hardening of the Pharaoh, no doubt. I do believe that we can see clearly in Exodus 3 that the Pharaoh was already stubborn and God confirmed him in his stubbornness. But good people disagree on how much was God, how much was Pharaoh. Etc. I think the bigger lesson here is that God's judgment is coming down because of unrepentance and mistreatment of the people of God. And one day, God will judge the world for all the wrongs that have been done to his people. That's what the book of Revelation teaches. And so um, I think that's one of the bigger lessons and the bigger takeaways is that we need to get right with the Lord. Well, here we are. We're at the end of the week and we're moving into the weekend here on Walk in Truth. And we have been really blessed to be bringing you this incredible book of Exodus. Hey, if you're new to the program, you can check out more about the ministry when you go to walkintruth.com. 
walkintruth.com. If you want to find out more about the local church called Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, the Bible teaching that you're hearing comes from the pulpit of Living Truth right off the 91 Freeway, Lincoln Avenue in Southern California in the Inland Empire. And as we come up to the weekend, I want to invite you to our Sunday morning services. Now, obviously, if you're outside the area, you won't be able to come to the church physically. You can catch the service on YouTube. When you go to our website, walkintruth.com, just click on the YouTube button there and you can get right there. Don't let that replace your local involvement in a church, though. Uh, you can watch it later. If you're shut in, we're, we're so grateful that you're blessed to be able to participate that way. But we need you to be part of the body wherever you are. The church needs to arise, unite, come together, serve, give, pray, love, preach, worship, uh, do acts of service, impact the community. We can't do that watching the screen, brethren. So my prayer for you is that if you've been away for a while, get back plugged into a good, solid Bible-honoring teaching church. And uh, I pray the Lord will bless you, keep you, be gracious to you. His beautiful face will shine upon you, and he'll give you a beautiful day of shalom. God bless you. Until next time. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also so more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us on Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 10, 1 through 20, called Lessons and Locusts. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.